0: Hello and welcome to New Books in Photography. I am the host, Lorena Turner. I'm a lecturer in the Communication Department at California State Polytechnic University in Pomona, California, and I'm also a photographer. On New Books in Photography, I talk with people who are practicing photographers in the area of documentary, fine art, academic art, and photojournalism. There is an archive of past episodes of this podcast at the New Books Network website, as well as links to other podcasts in the New Books Network. A personal favorite of mine this past week has been new books in critical theory. Maybe you'd like that. In this episode, I talk with Stephen Dupont about his book, *Pisca New Guinea, which was published in 2013. His book is in two volumes. One is Portraits of People Living in Remote Areas of Papua New Guinea, and the other, called Diaries, are written thoughts, newspaper clippings, and other ephemeral materials that he collected while he was working on his project. Stephen conducted this work with the support of a Robert Gardner Fellowship of Photography from Harvard's Peabody Museum of Archaeology and Ethnology. Stephen's an Australian photographer and has worked in countries around the world and has produced numerous books of his work in both traditional and experimental forms. Our conversation starts with Stephen describing his love of photography as it's connected to the book form.
1: Hello and welcome to New Books in Photography. Today I'm talking with Stephen Dupont about his fantastic book *Pisca, New Guinea*. It was published in 2013 by Radius Books and the Peabody Museum Press. Welcome to the podcast, Stephen.
2: Thank you, Lorena. Thank you. Mm-hmm.
1: So, uh, so your so your book uh, *Pisca, New Guinea* is a, just a gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous book. I cannot say that enough. I was so I was so impressed when I got it and um, flipped through the pages, and then went back multiple times and. And, um, and took a look at it. And I'm, I was wondering if you could start by telling, telling me what the book is about.
2: Well, the book is essentially, um, uh, it, it looks inside detribalization in Papua New Guinea. So it's really uh, a kind of window into um, society and, and, and tribal culture, but also the, um, the obvious uh, changes um, that are taking place at the time that i that I made the photographs, I really wanted to to, to, to really show you know what was happening at that that particular time and how uh, things were changing and how the culture is changing so you know the, the influences of the west of globalization and, and all these things that are, that are going on this real clash in a way of, um, of civilizations, you know, it's, uh, I mean, New Guinea is one of these incredibly complex, um, you know, very tribal um, countries, which, um, you know, have only really, um, you know, I mean, in terms of world discoveries, I mean, the, the, the Highlands were discovered in the 1930s, you know, when, when first contact was made. So, They've literally, you know, stepped out of the Stone Age quite recently, and and so it's fascinating to see just the impact that something like we take for granted, like the mobile phone, you know, now social media and internet, just how that's affected the society there. It's 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 quite amazing.
1: Well, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. Um at length, I'm hoping in a few minutes. Um, yeah. I'd like to know about your work as a photographer, your history as a photographer, and then w- perhaps you could tell us specifically why you went to that region, like the, why that was a place that, um, became a focal point for you for a while.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, look, I, you know, I, I guess I see my Myself going through a bit of a mid-career phase at the moment as a photographer. It's it's been about twenty-five years of 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 photography, and um, when I when I first picked up a camera, you know, I was inspired by you know some of the the great photographers of um, our times, um, people like Robert Frank and um, Josef Kudelka, and in particular. Um, a British photographer by the name of Don McCullen. I mean, these were, these were hev- heavy, inspirations on me to become a photographer. And I think, um, I was particularly, uh, inspired by, by photo books. And, uh, that was always my, um, I guess my main passion through photography was to make, um, photo books. And so I've you know, spent a much of my, um, my life just, you know, working on, um, you know, major long-term projects, uh, with, with books in mind with that, with that being the, the ultimate, um, platform and, and showcase. And, and I still work like that today. And, uh, I have a real love for, for handmade artist books. And, and, uh, I, I design my own, my own books and I, I make books and, and I get books published. So, I, you know, photography for me is essentially about, about the art of books. And, um, you know, I sort of, uh, you know, I guess started um, yeah. working as a, as a news photographer when I, when I first picked up a camera and as a photojournalist covering, you know, major uh, stories around the world. For, for magazines and newspapers and and as um, um, the industry changed, um, I felt I needed to change with it and and I, I I um I really I guess about fifteen years ago really sort of heavily um, uh, made a, a you know a sort of a, an impact in terms of trying to focus on, on on you know photo photo artist books and 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 photo books in general and I I, I really then started to kind of um, think more about you know self-publishing and, and also working on projects with books in mind you know I, I did less magazine work and, and much more personal work and and I guess that's where I kind of ended up today you know just Focusing on on these uh, on these photography books,
1: and do you have do you have particular uh, regions or uh, concepts or themes that your books or are you focus your projects around?
2: Yeah, I you know I I, I've always been I always saw my projects in in thematic um, ways, and and I think that I I've got a. um you know i'm i'm interested in 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 disappearing worlds you know for, mm. for a start i mean i'm interested in change i'm interested in things that are disappearing from our planet and 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 that is you know can be anything from cultures to um you know physical um things that are, that are disappearing and, and changing so for me it's about documenting um you know, documenting that, documenting history, and uh, I, I've always been drawn to, to toward, I guess, conflict and, and um, you know uh, cultures, you know, that are changing. And so I've, I've, I've you know spent a lot of time going in and out of you know many different sort of countries, from Afghanistan to 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 Africa, the Middle East, and and, and most recently Papua New Guinea, where my my book picks in new guinea is is featured from and that that really came out of a i guess a, a strong connection with new guinea from being so close to the country i mean it's it's my closest neighbor uh, I'm, I'm australian and uh we we have a, a history with new guinea and and i I'd always wanted to go and explore there. I, want, I, I had this real, um, you know, for a long time, a desire to get up there and, and, and make pictures. And so I think in 2004 was the first time I, I went to New Guinea and, and then I, um, I made a project on rascals, which is in pigeon means um, criminal. And there are these gangs in the capital, Port Moresby, that I focused on. And, and in the end, that actually became a... A published book called rascals and then i traveled back and forwards doing various other projects and um i guess that was sort of leading into the next book which is the book we're talking about Pixar new guinea i was i was fortunate to be awarded the robert gardner fellowship in photography from um, harvard's peabody museum and that allowed me to um really go much deeper into uh the work of New Guinea that I've been that I'd already started. Uh I spent all of 2011 basically traveling around the country really kind of going deep inside the society and the culture trying to investigate this whole concept of detribalization and how things were, were shaping and how they were changing there and it took me from Port Moresby to the highlands Sepik river and, and, and other places in New Guinea to, to, to try and sort of show, you know, what, what, what's happening there today, how, you know, both visually and, and sort of, um, you know, anthropologically, you know, it's really kind of a, a look inside the people and, um, and through photography, of course, you know, and, and. In the end, also through my observations and my diaries and sketchbooks, which were, as you know, were published in those two volumes. So it was uh, very much a, uh, um, you know, a visual journey through this uh, incredibly, uh, you know, ancient and, and complex country that is New Guinea.
1: Well, that that leads me to the question of what- what what was going on there in terms of detribalization is that the term that you used yeah
2: detribalization yeah uh-huh.
1: what what was describe what what you saw there at the time two thousand eleven and that's probably shifted quite a bit now in two thousand and sixteen but but take us back to two thousand eleven and what what were you seeing at the time
2: well I think the main impact was was technology in terms of mobile phones you know I mean literally the mobile phone was was only just coming in in two thousand eleven it hadn't it hadn't really um, you know let alone the internet and social media so you know there was this new new thing um, with, with mobile phones and it was also the impact that that was having on these remote Communities, so the phone, the the you know the, the the telephone, mobile phones were getting out to really remote communities around the country, and and that was having a I guess a major impact on 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 the change of things going on there. The fact that for the first time people could could actually um, be mobile and actually speak to people, you know, relatives, friends, whatever, in in all different parts of the country uh, and, and be connected in that way. And then of course you know you had the sort of beginnings of Facebook in that country too at that time. And that was ha- having a huge impact in terms of, um, just something so radically different for, for the people of New Guinea. And now, because I've been going back, um, I, I was, I was there six weeks ago and, um, it's just exploded. I mean, I don't think there's many people who don't have phones anymore that, the you know, it's just this major, um, you know, sort of shift in literally kind of you know this culture that has you know fairly recently just just stepped out of you know, not the stone age, but just stepped out of you know ancient times in a way, you know and and, and I think the the impact that um that advertising and um technology uh, in in all its forms, has has had a huge impact on on the youth and and the older generations. That you see these 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 um you know these impacts all over the place. You see, you see it in um, in incredibly remote places where you know not so long ago um they they were just they just wouldn't exist there. You know, so it's it's really um it's it's just been really fascinating to to really kind of see that you know that change. Uh, I think also the just the the physical change of people too, you know, when you when you look at their um their culture and their dress and and their their, their tribalness in terms of their sort of the way that they've, they've 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 been brought up in in the villages and and that's that's radically changing as well and and you know the the grass huts although are still there yet you know Metal roofs and 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 sort of brick houses and things like that are, are quickly taking over and having having a major change there, which is fairly recent and and even clothing, you know, just Western clothes, you know, um, the whole kind of you know Western culture has just completely eroded, you know, this 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 ancient culture and, and that, you know, that's happening of course all over the world, but what's interesting about New Guinea is that you know he, this is a this is a people that um have really you know i i think held on to their their traditional culture for so long and only sort of recently have had this you know massive you know kind of blow this massive impact and in a very short space of time and um and i think that uh when that happens, it's not a gradual process. It's it's like being hit with a baseball bat. I mean, they've just literally had to take it and run with it, and 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 that's causing all sorts of issues too. I mean, you know, there's there's a, a country where you have you know up to eighty percent unemployment, and um, um, so you've got you know masses amount of people just hanging out, and and when people hang out, they you know, they're drawn to just being on a mobile phone and using the internet and and kind of, um, you know. So, and that that raises a lot of issues too, you know. I think that...
1: Do you think there's a generational, um, a, a difference in response based on the generation who is using the mobile phone? So, like, so are the, say, for example, is the younger generation, say, people 25 and under... Are they more apt to kind of welcome these changes and to adopt Western styles whereas older people may not be, or is it kind of reversed
2: uh oh, look certainly it's it, it's like here in you know it's like our culture in terms of it's the young generation that are really you know just taking it in a big way and, and moving and, it forward and really moving it forward yeah. um, certainly that is the obvious um you know observation that i've been having out there and 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 you know and i think that rightfully so they 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 want to be just like the rest of the world you know they want to be in touch they want to be online they they want to take photographs and they want to use instagram and they they want to be you know connected you know and well they,
1: it sounds like they want to participate that that's a they, big
2: they yeah. they've been you know it's it's been uh you know uh a very remote um, situation for them for such a long time that suddenly they have a voice for the rest of the world. They can actually, you know, say something and, and, and and have, you know, have that sort of um, connection, which I think is, is incredibly exciting for them and, and as it is for a lot of people. So, um, but it sort of, you know, has its own issues too, you know, and I, I think that, um i think they you know there needs to be uh i think a lot of kind of care taken too and, and and to be aware that um just the you know the often the negative impact that these kind of things can have on especially some of these more traditional remote communities mm-hmm.
1: did you did you see evidence of that of negative impact
2: um well, I think it's the same, you know, what we'd see in most places where, you know, children might be faced with, you know, dangerous um, material through the Internet, you know, mm-hmm. graphic mm-hmm. material and, and things like that. I think there's, there's all of those kind of worries. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: I think that um, just, just technology in general, I think it's, I think it's just such a, a culture shock. You know, to mm-hmm. to these communities, and uh, um, and I think that that's 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 obviously having you know just such an incredible impact on them. And um, so you, you know, I have certainly seen you know some 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 big changes taking place there. And um, but there's certainly um, you know there's a, there's a, there's a great desire for this change too. I have to say, I think most yes. people like that um, and I you know I think that's partly what i was what I was trying to capture in my books was to really look at this incredibly complex ancient culture and 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 look at their traditions and their customs and and somehow you know try and capture that and I did that through. Their festivals, their sing sings, they call them, where they they do get together and 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 show off their 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 uh, tribalness and their, their culture and, and and custom and and, and dance and sing and, and wear costumes, and then you know and then juxtapose that with you know advertising things happening around Coca Cola, DigiCell, Things that are actually there on the spot that are that are that are, that are real contrast to 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 their um, their traditions, and then bring in more urban urbanised Papua New Guineans um, from the villages to the city, and 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 you know, kind of look at small elements of you know how they are losing their culture and and how they might be trying to hold on to their culture. And so that was sort of shown visually in in sort of certain photographs that, you know, there might be, say, for example, you know, a a guy living in Port Moresby in the capital who's totally westernized and is wearing a, you know, a basketball T-shirt or, you know, something with Bob Marley or whatever. And then he's got this intricate piece of jewelry you know, a headband that you know goes back to the beginnings of his people. You know that, that this this incredibly beautiful tribal headband with maybe some face paint or something. But so you see this incredible, uh, you know, kind of clash and 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 now the mixing of the two. Um, I found that really quite fascinating, and I was trying to sort of see that through my photography. Um, how Western goods are starting to be implemented even into their own costumes, Mm -hmm. you know, using Coca-Cola bottle tops and making them into their, you know, their intricate costume wear and, you know, all sorts of things that are quite fascinating and and, and obviously being used, you know, because that's what's available. Things have changed. We We are, you know, we are living in this whole new world.
1: So you're from Australia, and Papua New Guinea is close by. And is there is there a particular understanding of the people, like a generalized understanding of the people of Papua New Guinea, uh, by Australians?
2: Um, look, the truth is, you know, we we have an incredible history with Australia. We were, you know, we were, um, you know, former colonists. Of the country, um, we, we, uh, we really sort of, um, I guess, started going there from the 1930s, actually. It was um, uh, a couple of um, Australian gold prospectors who made the original first contact up in the Highlands, um, Michael and Dan Lay. And, you know, since that time, Australia has had this continuous connection with, um, with New Guinea but what's interesting today with you know Australians today right now is that um, and what's sad is that they, they 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 know very little about New Guinea and and uh, and that's one of the um, that's one of the reasons that that sort of spurred me on to to go and kind of explore the country is because you know you know in Australia we, we're just not we're not talking about New Guinea you know it's you know we're talking about the rest of the world or we're talking about our own country but New Guinea gets rarely gets a mention and 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 so a lot of people don't know what's going on up there um, as does the rest of the world of course but you know Australia should know and and, and it's sad that it's it's not that way so um, that that was certainly uh, you know an important thing for me just was to really kind of get a focus on New new guinea and uh, start to talk about it and start to make photographs for for history's sake you know uh, because it's just not being it's not being covered and it's it's you know it's it's, it's 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 always been seen as this remote you know anthropological kind of place and it the tourism is is is, is quite small and, and that's got a lot to do with the the um the dangers you know unfortunately but um but yeah, so you know, definitely, uh, I think that in Australia we could we could learn a lot about what's going on there, and uh, you know, and so forth.
1: When I was looking at your book, I was I was my thoughts were kind of you know focused like first on the photos, and then kind of going through it a number of different times. I started to wonder who your intended audience was for the book. Was it your fellow countrymen? Was it the people of New Guinea? Was it just a, a general audience? And it sounds like it's probably a combination of
2: mm, all of it's, those. Yeah, it is. It's a combination. It's, it's for a general audience. It's for, mm-hmm. you, know, it's, it's for it, you know, it's for the world. You know, it's for everyone. I mean, I wasn't really sort of focusing on one particular audience. Um, you know, I really felt that, um, you know, it felt important enough to, to be able to go in there and, and make these pictures and, and, and come out with, you know, a sense of, of, of place and time, you know, and history. So it was kind of, you know, for me that, that, that was important. And and I, you know, um, not, not to mention that, you know, it's just such a compelling and fascinating place to, to travel in and, and experience. And I, I, always drawn toward these kind of places of the unexpected, and and I I really kind of, um, you know, feel inspired when I'm I'm sort of in a place that um, there's not a lot of um, material out there on, or not a lot of photographs Mm -hmm. or coverage, and and so New Guinea had all these incredible things to offer, and, you know... um, and, and that was exciting you know because it, it really kind of gave me an open canvas to, to, to go in there and and, and make these pictures and and, um, and and talk about it and write about it
1: Sure I'm, I uh, in doing a little research so that we could talk today I read a little bit about Frank Hurley who yeah. was, did some work but many decades before you um, yeah. was he was he someone that you looked to at all? Um, when you were preparing for your work in New Guinea,
2: certainly, yeah. I mean, I, I've known of Hurley's work for a long time, and um, his photographs from New Guinea did have um, did have some, uh, you know, influence on me. Absolutely. I mean, and and uh, you know, the, the work of Margaret Mead uh, uh-huh. and 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 various writers, you know, that have sort of travelled up there, and even uh, you know, Robert Gardner. Um, you know, so you know, and filmmakers. I mean, I have to say, one of the greatest influences was Bob Connolly, who um, made three, you know, incredibly important films—documentary, observational films. You know, First Contact um, about the Lay brothers that I mentioned earlier, um, Joe Lay's Neighbours and Black Harvest. These these films were were seminal films about New Guinea, and, and I guess one of the first major um, introductions for me that that, that sort of um, you know got me incredibly interested in going there uh, and funnily enough I mean I've become very close with Bob um, Bob Connolly over the years and um, we've just recently returned from New Guinea where i I made a um, a documentary film about him returning to the highlands after 25 years so going back for the first time and and finding um, the characters in his films and um, reconnecting um, himself to to these places and these people again, and, and documenting that, which was a was an incredible uh, experience.
1: How was that for him? Was he was he surprised? I'm sure it was emotional. I'm sure there was that. Oh,
2: God, I mean, yeah, absolutely yeah. surprised. Absolutely emotional. People were were were, were um, you know. It was a sort of a mix of jubilation and 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 sort of and an absolute um, you know passion and tears and joy and wow it was it was phenomenal and and it, and it was great to to make a film about that and to to really sort of um, you know um, you know be a part of someone like him who has such an incredible history there and um and and to and, and to really experience that you know. That, that sort of um, impact and 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 reaction from people you know mm-hmm. I mean it was it was great and and, and I think that um, you know all of these these stories whether they're the books I'm making or the photographs or or the films you know for me it's 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 all one it's it's all about you know um, you know being a, a you know being someone who can who can go and document you know life in, in New Guinea and 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 um, be able to um, to to show you know to show an audience people around the world what what this country is about you know
1: sure sure well let's talk more about the portraits in so we didn't uh, we didn't say this outright at the mm-hmm. beginning of our conversation but your your uh, the your book is has two volumes that are included. And one is portraits, and one is diary, and they're di- diaries. I'm sorry, and they're bound separately. Um, yep. So we're going to talk about the portraits one first. Yep. What I observe in the book, just in terms of format and what you're shooting, it looks like you're using different media to shoot with. So primarily mm-hmm. film, large format, but some Polaroid mixed in or some instant yes. film. Mm-hmm. And are you using a large format camera too?
2: yeah i'm using a four by five large oh. format camera and a and a medium format six seven and then various other formats within the context of the both books but the portrait work which is shot on a mixture of film and 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 um and polarly is 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 all on uh four by five so large format and i have um developed a you know a I guess starting, well, actually started earlier than that. But essentially I was inspired to to take a white sheet with me and and make photographs, make portraits of people in the field and um, to sort of, in a, in a sense, bring the studio to the people. And, 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 and that sort of is something that, you know, goes back in time to the gold rushes and, and early photography, early anthropological photography where this kind of, portraiture was done and and so that was a sort of an inspiration too in the style but I wanted to create something different again where I could you know have someone hold up the sheet or have two people hold the sheet um, as that backdrop to the subject and and then have these you know real spontaneous you know documentary moments that came into my frame. So, you know, essentially having the the, the sort of directed um, sitter in front of the sheep but um, waiting for moments to happen where a dog might walk into frame or people might start to descend and come into frame on the edges of the frame as a sort of an audience that don't necessarily know they're being photographed. So all these wonderful kind of elements around the periphery was what I'm, what I was always looking for. So it was, it's a sort of a, I guess, a, you know, an environmental kind of portraiture, um, session that I was sort of creating. And, uh, and this is kind of the, this, this approach to the, the portraits uh, was something that I originally came across in Afghanistan back in 2006, where I, I made a series called Axmi Begi, and, um, that was using a, a, a local photographer's backdrop, and and that's where I sort of discovered this uh, this 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 sort of incredible um, uh, thing happening around the edges of the frame, where you know the audience was starting to to come into frame and people were starting to come into frame, and and so I took that concept to New Guinea, and and I've since been developing, which, which is another project called the white sheet series where i'm photographing different communities now with that with the white sheet so um I, i really um really did a lot of you know explored a lot of things with that with with the portrait work um so that was that was that was great i mean really you know i loved i loved doing that i loved that you know trying to sort of find new ways to i guess to bring portraiture into you know into my photography and mixing, um, I guess, studio-like portraits with, with documentary for me was, um, yeah, it was really great.
1: I had some notes that I took on those portraits where you have the white backdrop and and there are people kind of lined up on the edges of the sheet looking at the camera. I yeah. really like those too. I think those are wonderful. And yeah. I'm wondering if that, if I, I have had my own experience in Rwanda photographing children with a backdrop that I brought and Uh had had that kind of spillover happen. And I noticed that having that, like having an audience as a part of the process of taking the picture absolutely changed the dynamic between myself and the sitter. But then who wanted to be in front of the camera, you know, Mm -hmm. became something that was completely out of my control in a wonderful way. Did you yeah. have that experience? A similar
0: experience?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Look, I love the you know the surprise element of what was happening and coming in and out of frame. So I you know I would, I would wait for I would wait for these moments. I would wait for the moment to take to take the photograph. And uh, and I, I really um, I, I really felt that um, the connection and the um, the collaboration between me, the photographer and the sitter, and then also the people holding up the sheet. It it felt like this wonderful, um, you know, collaboration to to make the photographs. It wasn't just about me trying to capture these pictures. It was me with other people involved and then all these wonderful elements of the crowd coming in or, um, you know, the sheet suddenly being dropped or, um, you know these wonderful mistakes. These not even mistakes. These wonderful mishaps. These these sort of um, surprise things that allowed me to then capture the photographs that I wanted to capture. So uh, that that was always really, you know, kind of seminal and 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 really kind of close to my you know, close, you know, close on my mind to to really kind of watch out for things like that. I didn't want it to be just um a photograph of someone sitting in front of a sheet. I want I wanted there to be other elements. I, and so yes, I was kind of waiting for the surprise things to happen.
1: It also makes the it's it's more becomes more of a portrait of a community, I think.
2: Hmm. You know,
1: then and and it's interesting to watch too how people the, the behavior of people in that type of situation which Probably you know they're probably they they probably don't have a lot of experience with you know the type of situation that you're creating for them, and so there's so they're making you know so the, so the way that they are responding to it you know either be directly in front of the camera or observing what you're doing yep. and hap, you know the dynamic that's happening with the person you're photographing is something that's very genuine and spontaneous you know on their part, Absolutely. which is pretty pretty joyful on your part to to witness. Mm.
2: Mm so, uh, yeah you know and you know most of the time the sitter is obviously you know acknowledging you know you know you and, and 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 knowing that they're being photographed but what was wonderful is the people around the edges didn't know they were being photographed right right and, and so you 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 know for me it was really that that sort of um contrast between the sitter and, and, and then the the other people that didn't know they were being photographed. It, it it sort of, you know, then allowed me to to really capture some really wonderful moments and 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 that sort of surprise element and and the people being completely natural and, right. and have no sort of um you know being sort of um, self conscious or anything like that. You know that that was really great and 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 that's that's been this, yeah, this really, um, I guess, a strong connection in terms of future bodies of work that I've been doing with the White Sheet, with other communities and other people, um, which is, um, yeah, it's actually the the most recent work that's about to be exhibited um, in Sydney in in about a month, which is called the White Sheet Series, and it will include some of the work from New Guinea and, and other countries.
1: Oh, fantastic. Let's talk about the
2: diaries. It's sure, the diaries book so that's the two volumes. You've got the portraits and the diaries, and the diaries are really um, it, it's a sort of a, a scrapbook of sorts, and 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 you know includes my contact sheets and my edit notes, and then my, my actual diaries, handwritten diaries, and uh, collage work, and drawings, and uh, actual Polaroids, and things like that. In a sense. You're looking at um, you're looking at a storyboard, and you're looking at research, and you're looking at all the kind of influences and inspirations and things that I kind of um, did along the way. You know, as I'm going through this journey, so I, it was really just you know things that I collected and things that I wrote about, and 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 then it was you know we assembled it into the uh, into the design and, and edit. So really works as a a wonderful companion to the portrait so essentially you're being taken on the same kind of journey but in a whole other way so the diaries sort of you know really kind of take you through um the landscape and 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 you get a feel for all these other things that are going on within the context of the same people whereas the portraits are much more formal in, in that way so it's it sort of gave, you know, I think um, a lot of space to, you know, for the reader to to really sort of go deep inside, you know, not just having, you know, the visualness of the portraits, but I wanted to really – Allow people a little bit into my soul, I guess, and allow people into me and who i 'm about, and why you know the kind of editing process and the kind of things that I observed and and, and, and thought about and reflected on and and all these things so it 's really kind of giving giving back something quite personal and 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 you know uh, wow. yeah, a personal reflection on 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 the things that I saw and and, and the things that I did out there.
1: Well, that, that was actually what my question was going to be about giving back, um, before we talked about the diaries. So I'm glad you used that, that phrase. Um, my question was about when you're working in any context and, you know, certainly speaking to your experience in, in the book we're talking about, but do you, do you take pictures of, do you take portraits um, of people within communities and then do you give them back portraits as a kind of like it's almost like a thank you or you know some kind of acknowledgement of I don't that's the, the yeah. not exactly the right word but I think you understand what I'm asking. I do
2: and I have done that I mean particularly I don't so much anymore because it's really hard to get Polaroid film but um, right. when I was shooting Polaroid Particularly the well, you know, we have to go back to my original project, Axmy Biggie, and in Kabul in 2006, where I made a hundred portraits. I made a, you know, I took a hundred photos of a hundred people, so one frame per person. And I gave everyone the Polaroid, and I kept the negative, so it was a, a positive negative film mm-hmm. made by Polaroid, which they don't make anymore. And that was great because it. It allowed me, again, you know, you talk about giving back. And, um, you know, as a photographer, I feel that I take so much away from people and never get a, an opportunity to give something back. And, and this was the perfect sort of opportunity to actually, you know, give someone the photograph. So have that direct um, connection, that direct participation and, and, and exchange you know, I I, mm-hmm. I really felt this wonderful exchange with people allowing me to take their, their portrait and then receiving a um, a photograph as a gesture of my thanks. Um, and I've tried to do that as much as possible. It's really hard now when there's no Polaroid, but um, but certainly while I was doing Polaroid, I, I would I would try and give Polaroids to to my subjects as as, as much as I could.
1: Wow. Well, what are you working on now? What are some – a current project or if you have a number of different things you're working on?
2: I'd like I'm to know. always working on a lot of things and mm-hmm. I, I'm sure. mostly – you know, I, I'm working on several book projects right now. Um, I've, I've just did a, a kind of a – I guess a, an archival book on um, – um, a book called We Cut Heads, which is uh, look uh, my, my pictures of barber shops from the last 25 years, which I've just curated curated and edited into a book, and um, that I'm, I'm I'm I've just finished. And and I guess the most current project I'm working on right now, photographically, is um uh, is around death. I'm, I'm I'm sort of working on a, an ongoing project around death and the rituals of death and. And that's sort of been taking me to India and Bangladesh, Namibia, and I'm about to go to Mexico City in a couple of weeks to um, to work down there with sort of well, the Day of the Dead festival is is, is one of the, the sort of elements, but also looking at crime photography in Mexico City and going into photography in a in a, in a, in a more forensic kind of way, um, so looking at death through forensic. You know crime photography and and so that's that's really fascinating that's that's sort of um, i guess my my most recent my my latest um, obsession
1: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> uh, you know is is really trying to focus on this project around death and and really look into many different aspects of it and and try and kind of i 'm still trying to figure it out but try and sort of work out this you know this this new project and and, and really kind of um, show these yeah. these elements around death that you know the subject that most people find quite taboo and and don't want to talk about and yet it's you know one of the most important if not you know life and death they are the the two most important sort of um, you know um of life.
1: our lives <laughs>
2: that is it's life and death and so you know. To confront death and, I guess, to explore that, you know, through my photographs, um, that's an incredible journey that I'm taking. And I'm, I'm really, uh, really excited about the prospects of where that's going to take me and, and what I'm going to see and, and what I'm going to photograph.
1: Wow. Well, I, I can't wait to see the resulting books <laughs> of both of those projects. <laughs> I, love, I love the title, We Cut Heads. I just, uh, yeah, I, that's, that's basically. a great title. <laughs> I,
2: I, I will, I will definitely get it published. Um, I'm just, I'm um, waiting on the publisher, but uh, it's so new that no one's really seen it. Oh. Uh, but I'm, I've got a book dummy with me in New York. So I'm, I'm uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to show some people.
1: So. Great. Fantastic. So one final question and then I'll let you go because I appreciate all the time that you've spent with me this afternoon. Um, yes. where can someone find Pisca New Guinea to, to purchase? Do you know that up at the top of your head?
2: Apart from Radius, the wonderful people at Radius, of course they can they sure. can get the book there. But I, I think it's I guess it's on Amazon, it's at the usual places. Um, you know, I I, I I would assume that's really the best, you know, to just to just go online and try and track it down. Um but, but certainly, directly through Radius, um, might be the um, the best way.
1: Okay, great. That's that's. I'll make sure that there's there is a link to Radius that accompanies the podcast.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, I it. I had lots of them, but I, I don't have many left. So I'm 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 on the I'm the, I'm the the worst person to try and get books out of. But um, but yeah, I would hope that there'd be still some available.
1: Great. I think I think so. Otherwise, otherwise I don't think they. I, you would have been recommended yeah, exactly. for us exactly. to talk. Yeah, so. you
2: know, that's great. Yeah. Hey, Lorena, thanks very much.
1: Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And, and uh, just best of luck with your projects and your time in New York.